Welcome aboard the Power Up with Manal podcast, your go-to source for inspiring entrepreneurship, leadership, and mental fitness development. Get ready to push your limits mentally and come away feeling like a turbocharged version of yourself. Let's power up our lives. The Power Up team is genuinely so humbled to introduce our next guest, a true trailblazer and visionary, Joseph Kimbrough the CEO of Apex Real Estate Investments. His story is one of unstoppable determination, unrelenting grit, and an impeccable drive to succeed against all odds. He is really a prime example of how one can create their own path in life, overcoming limitations and obstacles. His visionary leadership style has really made Apex Real Estate Investments a powerhouse, setting it apart from the competition and making it a force to be reckoned with in the real estate industry. I cannot wait for this upcoming episode as Joseph shares his story, provides invaluable insights into how he has been able to achieve such great success. If you're looking for a little bit of inspiration, for a real life example of what it means to create your own destiny, then this is definitely the show for you. So sit back, relax, and get ready to be inspired by the one and only Joseph Kimbrough. Joseph, thank you so much for coming on to the Power Up with Manal podcast. You have accomplished so much in your life thus far, and there is so much more left. (laughs) Um, You run Apex Real Estate Investments. Um, You have an incredible mind. I've I've been on with you on a couple um, networking events and the way you speak, the way you understand finance, the way you understand life. There's just so much and so many layers about you and we would love to uncover a little bit of that today and also get to know you. So if you could take a moment and introduce yourself and what you do and sort of your journey on how you got here. Okay, yeah. First off, thank you for having me on. Of course. Um, so my name's Joseph Kimbrough, like the podcast says. <laughs> <laughs> and I manage a private equity fund, and we specifically invest in apartment buildings uh, with 100 units or more in Texas in the southeast market. Oh, nice. Nice. So what got you into real estate? So I started real estate really when I was 24. Wow. Um, I had learned under a guy... Uh, just kind of being like his bird dog, going yeah. looking for properties and stuff. This is in single family. And then I knew I always wanted to do bigger stuff in uh, real estate, get into multifamily. Right. Especially after I had seen Robert Kiyosaki talking about buying buildings yes. and stuff. <laughs> and then Grant Cardone of the world, you know, yes. buying buildings. I was like, I want to do that. I can do that. How do I do that? I love that. And so but I started off in single family, though, and just started, like, my first deal was a pre-foreclosure deal. Yeah. And... I had a uh, cold call, and I did it the hard way. I didn't know by any systems when I got started, none of that. Yeah. And I just cold called. Right. And then came across somebody. Uh, she sold me the house, and I sold it the same day and made 10000 yeah. off that property. So that kind of gave you the motivation to, yep. like, learn more and keep doing. Exactly. And so especially, like, that was, like, my first time seeing 10000 like, hit my account all at once. Right. And so I was like, I can keep doing this. Right. And then I had another deal where I negotiated with the bank on a short sale, right? And ended up acquiring that property for one twenty, wow. sold it for one forty, right? Uh, and yeah, so I had to work around that with yeah. them and stuff, but they allowed everything to happen, right? And so that was another success, and so I just kept going from there and right. did that for a few years. Wow! And then what made you jump into multifamily? 
So what made me jump into multifamily is I realized I was selling so many properties, but I didn't own any property. Oh, yeah. And so I was like, it doesn't make sense to make a high income and you don't own anything. Right. And so what I did was, when I was like 28, 27, I started learning multifamily and started like I bought a course. And then that November, I went to an event and a uh, big, pretty big event is in Frisco okay. at the uh, at the embassy. Okay. And so I ended up paying for the VIP ticket so I could sit in the front and network with the people who sitting in the front. And is it like a, was it like a real estate investing event? Mm -hmm. Any famous people? Uh, not necessarily famous, okay. but they're very known <laughs> yeah. uh, in the multifamily space. Right, right, okay. And so I ended up walking in there with the idea of being their mentee, uh, oh, yeah. paying for their course. Of course, yeah. And they charge people like thirty, forty thousand for oh, their wow. courses, uh, to, to for their mentorship. But I'm sure the ROI is worth it, right? Yes, the ROI is definitely worth yeah. it with them. And so I went in there with that in mind. I was like, okay, well, I want to get into multifamily. I have cash on hand, I'll be able to pay for them to be my mentors. So I go in, but I went the pre-day, uh, you know, like where they have like the mixer where you get yeah, drinks yeah. and stuff and y'all talk and you meet some of the people. So I went there and I met their equity partner. Oh, love it. And when I met him, his first thing he said, he was like, man, you got some big arms. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> that's... Hey, that's a way to make a statement in a room. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> He's like, man, like you work out all the time? I was like, yeah. I was like, that's literally, I said, I work, I work out, I work, I work out. Yeah. And he was like, man, he said, I can tell. I was like, plus you get like this when you are uh, in the Marine Corps. I was like, most people are surprised to see my old pictures of how skinny I used to be. Oh, really? Yes. I was like I've this. only seen you like this, so yeah. I, I, I can't picture it. Oh, yeah, I was skinny, like Kevin Durant almost. Oh, my God, look, you can't be calling people out. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. But you know, okay, so you've said a couple of things that are very interesting to me. One, you, you know, you sought that mentorship. What does mentorship mean to you? And it, it apparently made a big impact on your life at a very young age. Like you, you are so humble because you're like at 24, I did this at 28, I did this, but a lot of people are not there at those ages. Um, there is a big struggle right now in society and that hunger, that drive, that discipline. Um, you know, the, people are looking for that sort of mentorship, you know, or whatnot. Um, what advice do you have and how do you stay so disciplined? I would say mentorship started early for me. Um, just growing up, uh, I grew up with older parents, right. parents, And then also I played basketball in a small town and I had a mentor there. It just kind of happened, right? Like he, um, he was the builder in the town. He used oh, to build okay. six, house, six houses a time at a oh, time. Oh, wow. And this is when you were in high school? Yeah, this was when I was in high school. And so okay. I used to like do part-time work for him. I would carry like logs and stuff. Yeah. Would sweep out the floors. Yes. Just those type of things. Right. And so I learned quickly, get around the people you need to learn from, figure out how to add value to them also. Right. And then you go from there. Wow, but that's like, that's very admirable that you, you, you have a very strong sense of work ethic, right? And you, you knew that you wanted to learn and do more and you, you went and sought it, right? So that's like a, that's a, that's such a great sort of lesson for a lot of people out there listening because we overthink 
we over plan, we over structure things, right? And then we're like, we never get there. Mm -hmm. Like time flies, yeah. you know? You'd be thinking about an idea and then like five years go by and you're like, I should have really started it. And that's the thing, like you have to immediately put stuff into right? action. You'll figure out the how. You just gotta start, start taking the action. Right, right. I learned that like with basketball really is how I got Got that mindset because when I, I picked up a basketball really at, in eighth grade. Okay. Oh, really? And start, yep. And started learning. And so I spent eight hours. So you didn't play basketball before eighth grade? No. I, so I grew up in uh, Dallas, but I grew up in a part of town where my godmother, she didn't want me out there. Right. Like around the wrong people and stuff. Right. And typically basketball, basketball courts, that's where those people hung out at. Right. It wasn't a good mix. So... I didn't get that until I moved with my mom. Oh, wow. And so then I started playing. Oh, wow. So I had a lot to learn. Yeah. So I had to learn quick. So I spent eight hours in the gym because, like, everybody else has time ahead of me. I need to catch up to even get to their level. Oh, wow. I need to spend more time in the gym than they're spending. Yeah. So Kobe Bryant was somebody I really liked because oh, of his work ethic. yeah. And so I spent those, like, eight hours in the gym getting up shots. Uh, even with me and one of my best friends, he's from Montenegro. When we was like, I was a senior, he was a junior. And we'd get the big ball, yeah. and I'd put up a thousand shots a day just with the big ball. What? A thousand shots a day? Well, I mean, have you read the book 10,000 uh, uh, Outliers? I have read that book. Yeah, and they talk about like ten, the 10,000 hours you put in, right? Mm -hmm. uh, that's so admirable. So you didn't play basketball before eighth grade. Um, and mainly because you were in a situation where, you know, that was your surrounding, um, but you didn't let it become your crutch. Oh, no. Right? Because you accepted the outcome, pretty much. You accepted that, okay, before eighth grade, I wanted to play, but I couldn't. Mm -hmm. Now I'm in eighth grade, I gotta double down, I gotta hustle. So you ended up playing in college, so where did you play? I went to Dallas Christian College, and I was gonna play four, four, uh, four years there. Okay. The story behind that, though, is that while I went, um, I had to pretty much go there, and because it's a private school, you don't get a complete full ride, but I chose that school because it's in Dallas, mm -hmm. and then I liked the coach. And the okay. coach was like, well, I can get you playing overseas if oh, you give wow. me a year. Okay. And so I was like, okay, I can do a year. The thing is that I got there and I realized, I was like, man, it's hard to survive a year when you can't work. Mm. And you got to try to also play and make money. I was like, okay, well, I don't know what I'm going to do. So I went to, I remember going to Wells Fargo. <laughs> <laughs> and it was this uh, black guy there with some dress blues on. And I was like, huh. <laughs> and so I was like, what is this? And he's like, yeah, he said, I'm in the Marine Corps. Okay. He's like, uh, how would you like to be a part of? you know, the toughest people in the United States. Yeah. The few, the proud. Right. And me, I like challenges. So I was like, I can do it. I said, I can do it. I was like, yeah, I said, I'll join. I was like, one, you saying that I actually get paid, blah, blah. And so I was like, okay, I'll join. And the thing is, though, is that I picked field radio operator. Oh. Now, for people who don't know that. Okay. <laughs> I, 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 don't, I feel like I do, but I don't. <laughs> yes, so the thing is, mind you, I'm 6'3". Right. Now, for people who don't know that, you have an antenna, like in the movies, when you're in the actual field, there's an antenna that hangs out your back. Oh, okay. Yes, and so if you are not a target already at this size, yeah. you are definitely a target. Yeah, you're a target. And it was <laughs> like, well, oh, by the way, your life expectancy is less than 1%. What? In the field. I was like... Were you kidding? They're like, they're like yeah, yeah, you'll get... 
they, like even the dumbest person would shoot at you first. Yeah. I'm like, oh, you. I was like, why did I choose this? Because you like a challenge. I clearly, did. Like <laughs> clearly, you're living on the edge here. I was definitely living on the edge with that. Oh, wow. Wow. So, yeah, I did that for like four years, though, and didn't get deployed. Um, so that was a blessing. Yeah. Uh, it was a Great. time. With your life expectancy, the, the, the ratios they gave yeah. you, that's a good thing. Exactly. I was like, oh, thank goodness. Thank oh, goodness. man. Oh, man. So that's that's amazing. Like, this, this is such a big lesson for so many people. Like work ethic matters, effort matters. I say this a lot nowadays because I almost feel like the word effort is is not there in full fledged, like in its entirety, like it used to be, mm -hmm. you know? And you sort of have come from facing adversity and challenges. And so I feel like you naturally have this drive, like this hunger, like because you wanna prove yourself, like you wanna get out there and say, yeah. No, I'm not going to accept where I'm at. I want to be somewhere else. And you set that goal for yourself and you went and got it. Um, finance is not an easy industry to get into. Yeah, and that goes into this point. Okay, perfect. With those guys, uh, the guys who are my mentors. Yeah. We was at that event where I met that guy. Uh, we have a nickname. Okay. They, it's an oxymoron of how I actually look. They call me Tiny. They call you Tiny. Okay. That's it. From, from now on, we're calling you Tiny. Okay, like, Tiny. <laughs> I, I let them. I'm like, all right, y'all can call me that. It's cool. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, but no, so the guy, I went to his house in, uh, in the Plano area, and we just sure. started um, talking and met his wife and everything. And he asked me, he's like, how would you like to be an equity partner with this group yeah. like us? And so I was like, okay, equity partner. He's like, yes, you'll be a fund manager. Okay. I was like, well, and I is it like an apprenticeship? Like you would learn under them? Well, so I learned from them, but I own my own fund 100%. But when you first got in, you just straight? Yeah, straight on. I uh, got in contact with their attorneys. Yeah. Uh, we paid the cash and got everything set up in 506B. So you weren't nervous at all? I remember when I was setting the fund up, yeah. I was like, I was like, okay. I said, I'm raising capital. Yes. I was like, man, this this is gonna be hard. I was like, but I'll figure it out just like I figure everything else out. I just gotta dive in and do it. <laughs> wow. And at this point, you're like, can I ask how old you were at that point? Twenty-eight. You were twenty-eight. Wow. So you just you just did it. Yep. Just do it. That's the theme here. Yeah, okay, I just, we're saying with basketball. Just yeah, just, <laughs> just do, do it. it. I'm like, I'll I'm like, hey, I'll figure it out. It's just like basketball. Like by the time I was a sophomore in high school. Yeah. I was already better than quite a few of the people right. who had been playing since they was little. Wow. Just because I outworked. Because of discipline. I, discipline. Discipline and drive. Exactly. My thought process is more of when everybody else is chilling, mm -hmm. they're having fun, they want mm -hmm. to do their vacation. Even when I'm on vacation, I'm mm -hmm. still learning. Yeah. Like, I'm like, how can I get better right. every single day? I'm like, my, literally my toughest critic. Yeah. I'm always like, what can I do to get better? Right. Right, you know, that's interesting. Um, and, and, you know, definitely have fun. We don't want to tell people not to have fun. Yeah, you want to have fun. I <laughs> do have gotta, fun. But you, yeah, exactly. I definitely have exactly. fun. Exactly, but you got to work. You really got to work hard. And I think what's important is, and I've said this in a few um, of my episodes, we have this misconception, right? We, we sort of have work in a bubble. We have life in a bubble. You know, we got family in a bubble. And, and, in reality, it's one big bubble. Mm -hmm. And, and the, the, the fact that people are trying to separate all of it 
creates sort of this disillusion of reality. And then you're fighting because you're like, have this guilt, like, oh, I don't spend enough time here. Or I don't do this or I'm not here, right. you know? And instead of really solutioning what's their life, the cards that you're dealt at that moment in time. Yep, exactly. Right? Um, I also love that while you're speaking, what comes to me is that no matter how hard things get or what is around you in your life, like sometimes it's not that big of a deal. Mm -hmm. Like I feel like it's okay, you know, like so many things happen, little, medium sized, big, whatever it may be, and I'm not discounting emotions, but like we tend to, the human race, like individuals, tend to sort of overreact to things, right? And just sort of get emotionally hijacked, which is like totally my new word. And this is, this goes to- I like uh, it. <laughs> You like it, right? Yep. But it's, it's, it's not me, I didn't coin it. My, my really good friend, Machen McDonald coined it. He was also on my podcast. Um, he has a coaching business called Pro Brilliance. Um, but that's what happens. We just, in the grander scheme of things, we don't look at things sort of holistically. And we realize it's not, that big of a deal in comparison to how you're feeling, right? Yep. Um, I have a show coming out today um, that talks about the unconscious mind. Scientists over and over, and this dates back to like the early even philosophers uh, in the 1800s, talk about how our entire being, the decisions we make, the actions we take, what we do in our day to day is 95% of it is driven by our unconscious state. Mm -hmm. Yet we don't bring our un unconscious state to the conscious. Makes sense. And that is, in my opinion, and I've, I'm a victim of this. Like, I'm not perfect. I have been emotionally hijacked. I am a very mm -hmm. expressive individual. <laughs> okay, things, things happen and they bother me. And then I'm like, what's wrong with you? Like, I have this voice, like my, me, like looking at me, like, come on. You're better than this, you yep, know? That's how I am too. Right? <laughs> yep. I have like a a, a, a wristband that I bought from um, like Grant Cardone. Yes. At one, uh, this is like when I first getting started in real estate. Okay. Okay, if I curse. Yes, you can curse. Okay. It's a so, podcast. This is like right. this is like HBO back in the day, you know, when people didn't want to watch yep. cable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically the wristband says, don't be a little bitch. Cardone's uh, wristband. That's his Yeah, wristband. okay, that seems like something he would have. Yeah. Yep. I mean, although it's kind of out there and abrasive in so many ways, it mm -hmm. is it's kind of true, right? And yeah. this is something most people are not going to like about this segment, by the way. There's going to be a lot of opinions, you know, which is yep. cool. I welcome all opinions. But it, you're right. We got to sometimes, it's okay sometimes to toughen up. Yeah, which I learned in the Marine Corps yeah. because there's no room for that in the Marine Corps. Right. Like everybody, you're a unit. Everybody needs to be focused. And uh, the biggest thing they say, embrace the suck. Oh, wow. That's, <laughs> yeah. what, that's what they say? Yeah, like embrace the suck. Uh, because it does <laughs> Keep, suck so yeah, many it, times. So you got to kind of embrace it. Yeah. Exactly. You it's see like your, accepting outcomes, right? Like you may be in a bad situation, but you got to accept that you can't change it at that time, right? Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It doesn't mean don't deal with it. Yeah, deal It doesn't with mean it. don't deal with your emotions. It means you've been dealt these cards. This is the time you're in. How do you play these cards, right? Exactly. That's the key message. And I think that's so missed. And we spend so many years. You're, you're blessed um, that you caught on. You have such a strong mind. Like you caught on at such a young age and sort of 
drove yourself that way. Um, I know it took me a little bit. I had to learn. Uh, you know, I probably will erase my, I'm just going to erase my 20s. I'm just going to erase my 20s. Pretend like they wasn't there. Because there are moments I was emotionally hijacked where I am embarrassed of. But I tell my, and I'm very open about it. I even tell my children about it. Because there, I, there was a time where I thought I could not be real and I had to be perfect and I had to put this image, right? And I had to be, like you said, like embrace the suck, but like also don't, I didn't also embrace myself. So I didn't balance, yeah. you know, I embraced it. I just kind of kept going, right? Like yeah, you had to have a balance. You had to have a balance, yeah. Um, but now I'm open about it because I think, especially in today's leader, right? Because as a leader and People now, you are probably a mentor to others that are coming up in the real estate industry, and you know, like you have to be vulnerable. You have to share when, you know, you're not feeling your best, or you know, things aren't going right, and you're like, look, I need a little bit of time because I'm things are right now are just not working for me. Like I need a, I need to either walk it off or you know, let's just get in a room and solution it, but right now I'm just not in the right state. Or it's okay to say that. Like, I'm sure nobody's going to be like, well, why? Yeah. <laughs> right? Nobody's like, why? 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 Why are you having a bad day? Like, you yeah, know, exactly. like, it happens. We're human. And I think, you know, embracing the human and embracing the suck at the same time exactly. <laughs> is important, right? Yeah, because starting to fund is hard. Oh, it's so hard. Like, I love well, how you're so casual about all the hard things. <laughs> I love how you're so casual about it. Like, yeah, it's not know? easy. Like, because when I first started it, like that first few months, um, I I literally no one invested. Like yeah. people people who I thought like, well, this is my friend. Right. They're going to invest. Oh no. No, they didn't invest. No, because they got to trust. Exactly. And it was people like don't a, trust with money. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But even though we had known each other for a few years, yeah. things I just presented to them like over time. I had noticed, I was like, okay, well, this person is just not going to invest with me. Right. I was like, okay, well, that's weird. I didn't know. So I was like, okay, well, let me go find people. Right. So I went out and I started marketing. Not marketing like, oh, yeah, invest with me. Right. But I started learning and then educating people. Oh, I love that. On uh, what is an accredited investor. Right. On what should you be investing in. Right. How you should use a self-directed IRA. Right. And so I started writing content, started a newsletter, oh, and just putting stuff out there yes. for people to see. Right. And that's how I started attracting right. more investors early on. So you gave them value. Exactly. And gave you value. Also, and you know investing is something that it's a little harder because it doesn't come natural for most individuals to be okay taking a risk. Exactly. Right? And you got to kind of teach that. Like... You, the, the teaching helps ease sort of that, I would say, maybe pressure or yeah, the, the pressure, fear, yeah, fear the fear, the fear more so. Right? Yeah. yeah. Because, like, I mean, think I mean, if you're investing money with somebody, when you have people like FTX right. that exist, right. <laughs> like, right. I can see why people well, are skeptical. Right, because we're in a digital age now, so yes. You know, in my days, we just depended on, you know, the people in the suits <laughs> yep. who had all the knowledge because nobody else had the knowledge. You exactly. Know? Yeah. <laughs> now we're in a digital age. And then also to that, I can understand why people in the beginning part wasn't because I traveled, like wasn't investing with me because yeah. I traveled 30 to 90 days out the year. Sure. And it just so happened I was in East Africa during that time doing Zoom calls. Okay. And you could clearly see Africa sitting in the background <laughs> and people and you're like, yes. 
wire a hundred thousand into this account. <laughs> like, come on. Like, I wouldn't have. I mean, I know. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, you got these princes and stuff popping up. <laughs> so I, I, I see, I see, I understand why. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I need to get back to the U.S. Let yes. me go so they can see me in person. I yes. can talk to them. That matters. I mean, optics matters. Marketing matters, right? How you present yourself matters. But mainly having a good product that you can share knowledge about and share value is the most important, you know? Yep. Um, but yeah, you're, that's hilarious. Yes, that, that is true. That is true. Yes. Yeah. No one's wiring to that. <laughs> yeah. Nobody's doing that. Yeah. yeah. Nobody's doing that. No. <laughs> that's so funny. So what's next? Like what's next for you? As far as yeah, business? Like, is this, you got, do you have other ambitions? Like, oh, I feel like you do. Yes. I feel like it's a question I have to ask. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. So the plan is to, once I finish with this fund, set up a, a, a fund for accredited investors only. Nice. That one's going to be $10 million. And then um, a big goal that I have is to set up a reggae $75 million to $100 million fund and then acquire about $10 billion in assets under management. Love it. And when I do that, then take that particular fund public. I love it. You know why I love it? I will tell you why I love it. So I ran strategy for a long time. Um, I did run strategy for wealth management uh, at one point. And this was not this that long ago. There was, so I was pulling, you know, when you're, you're pulling competitive analysis and stats and so forth, right? Mm -hmm. I pulled a stat that really makes me sad. Like it's a, it's a pretty heartbreaking stat. Hmm. This was maybe, five, five, I would say four years ago. Um, and in the United States, less than one point, I think it was like three something percent of assets under management are managed by anyone of color, hmm. men or women. That, that is makes sense. low. Yeah. That is low. And to your point, it starts with education. And yeah. we are not providing, we are not doing right by our, by our youth. Oh, we're we not. do not provide that. Like you went and you were driven and you sought it and then you had a mentor that kind of helped push you that way, right? Yeah. But that's not the natural course for most, you know, young adults. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, what would you, what would you sort of share with, you know, everyone listening on why it's important and why it's important to educate yourself on basic, I mean, literally, you know, basic financial literacy, but then also why it's important to invest and invest in yourself and prepare for your future. Like what would you sort of, you know, how would you help ease that fear we were talking about? Or, and most of that fear comes from not having knowledge. Yeah, right? not having knowledge. Yeah. I would say something I did early on, like after getting out of high school and stuff, especially when I was like, well, I'm not going back to college. So my first thought was, okay, well, I need to read as many books as possible and start learning that way. Right. Just self-teach myself. Mm -hmm. So I would say audio books, do a lot of that, um, read a lot of books, but the most important thing is placing yourself in the right place at the right time. Right. If you're in the right rooms, right. you'll get more opportunities. Yes. Like something I did back in 2017 when I was first starting out mm -hmm. in real estate is how I got that first deal was I started going to Lifetime Fitness okay. on Mockingbird. Okay. And so there was a guy there. I recognized him uh, from social media. He was okay. in real estate. Oh, wow. And he's the guy who bought the deal. 
and wrote me the ten thousand dollar check. Okay. So, uh, and then also at that same gym, mm -hmm. I got to meet Mark Cuban. Oh my gosh. Yep. So, so you strategically place myself in the right room. You know, what's interesting is Lifetime Fitness membership is the same wherever, whatever yeah. location you're at, mm -hmm. right? So you strategically place yourself at a location that you knew you yep. may run into individuals who have had success. Exactly, who have had success. So, wow, I got there in the first. That right thing, there, that's a tip right there. People work, people trying too hard. Yeah, you <laughs> just get in the right room. It's kind of like you yeah. like when I pay for the VIP ticket for that uh, event. Right. I knew that I would be in the right room with the right people. I also right. knew that we would get lunch at Perry's Steakhouse. Right. So I was like, well, if we're all getting lunch, chances are we'll have a conversation with each other. Yes. It's going to be a lot more... Intimate. Yeah. Right. Than if you, you need was... more one-on-one -on -one time so they can see who you are exactly. and what you're made of, right? Exactly. Yeah. But when you're like on the fence of, well, I don't want to pay the extra money for this. Right. Well, then no, you're going to be, you're going to sit with everyone else and you're not going to get access to these people. Right. <clears throat> That's important. I, um, you know, taught this in a class because uh, there, there were students, college students, and they were talking about networking. And there is this very m misconceived sort of definition of networking because, you know, they were thinking like, you know, I go into this giant like conference room and there's like all these people who are like throwing business yeah, cards. Yeah, throwing business cards. <laughs> Here, like, like this ninja is like some stars. sort of Hollywood movie. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my gosh. I was like, no, you know, and I'm like, you know, these are my babies, you know, so I'm like, no, that's no. I was like, you have to incorporate networking in your everyday life. Yes, it is that's real lifestyle. It is bits and pieces, just like you said. You, you know you are going to work out X many days a week, so you chose a gym where you felt like you could run into mm -hmm. uh, individuals that could be, you know, of great you know, use for yeah. you or mentorship. Yeah, or mentorship, what, learn from them. Right, learn from them. Um, these are little little tidbits here. If you're going to go work at a coffee house, same thing. Exactly. Strategically choose a coffee house, you know, that you know would have that sort of vibe, right? Exactly. Um, Incorporate it in your everyday life. And also, you know, this is kind of a big deal because I get it. I'm a little bit of an extrovert, and so I have cautioned, you know, when I talk about, you know, just get yourself out there, speak to individuals, mm -hmm. because I, I get it's not that easy for everybody. It's not, yeah, for everybody. Right. Some it's people not. are introverted, but then there's also rooms you can get into. Like if you go join like a, 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 a club. Right. And you get more into like the rooms. Like right. I'll tell you like about investor clubs, something right. I'm a part of. Well, that's a very close knit group. There's right. only fifteen people in that group. So you can kind of and get comfortable. we meet exactly. You meet often, right? You know, we meet like once a month. Right. We talk. Uh, we like find out market news, what's going on with the stock market. Right. All these are different, and these and, people. And the main thing is, it's also in a in it's in a topic that you're interested about. Exactly. It's so a topic it's easier that you, to talk talk through, right? Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. then people, they're more, like that particular room, I'm the youngest person in the room, everybody else is more knowledgeable. Right. So I spend most of my time learning. Yeah, soaking it And in. I can say some stuff, like I can speak on real estate stuff, mm -hmm. but they're going to know stuff about the market that I don't know. Like there's a guy who, he went public with an oil and gas company. Wow. Um, and owned over 126 rigs that sit in that room. Right. When he speaks, I'm listening. Right, right. <laughs> he knows, so. Right. That's important, like the ability to absorb information and you know it also doesn't have to be as big as a you know club or so forth like you could even join like 
lectures. Yeah, right? lectures. Yep. Lectures or go on YouTube, you know, and listen YouTube. to experts, you know, share their knowledge because a lot of people do like to share. In this digital age, we are blessed. Like a lot of now there are you could also get the wrong information out there. Oh, yeah. But you know, you can you can tell someone's credibility and like you said, you this individual took a company company public, has multiple companies, like he has experience, right? Exactly. Experience equates to knowledge. You are now soaking and absorbing that knowledge. And there's nothing more beautiful than that. Like this is the reason I started this podcast, because I feel like you can go to as many classes as you want and um, read as many books as you want, but until you hear somebody go through their journey, right? Mm -hmm. It's different. It's somebody's story. It's real. It's real life. Like you're out there. And you didn't come from like the most privileged community. You couldn't even go out and play basketball because it was too dangerous. Yeah. Right? So it's not like you didn't have an excuse. You could have had many, right? Could have, yep. But also like growing up, like my godparents that I grew up with, they they took all those excuses away. They yeah. had a saying about excuses. Okay. And they were like, we don't, we don't, uh, we, we don't, this is not going to be accepted in this household, especially like my godmother. Yeah. She passed away when she was like 94, 95. Oh, wow. But she grew up in Birmingham, Alabama, and she grew up in a different time here right. in the U.S. And then also she had Marshall Martin Luther King Jr. Wow. And then my godfather, he was a, a sharecropper when he was a boy. He picked cotton. Yes. So like the values that I learned from them. Right. Uh, just about work ethic. Right. And pushing forward and overcoming right. things. And, and then, then when you looked at their life versus where you were, like, like it's interesting how they had it, they they had it much harder. There exactly. was no opportunity. There was they, they were couldn't, fighting for opportunity. Exactly. Yeah. They couldn't sit in a room with Jim Rohn. Exactly. They didn't exactly. have access to that. Exactly. So, but now we have access to Jim Rohn and all these other people. Right. Through the internet. Right. So when you have access and you see that you're in a different time than what they grew up in, and you actually heard their stories then it takes away your excuses because you're like, well, no, I can figure this out. I got yeah. the internet. They didn't yeah. have this. Right. I can get in these rooms. They couldn't. So That's very well said. Very well said. So you said that you read a lot. I do read a lot. Or listen to, and I, I actually want to preface this because when I say this, I do, um, you know, I can feel people rolling their eyes <laughs> through <laughs> the camera because um, yeah. <laughs> uh, they're like, well, I don't have time. And I'm like, well, I don't, you know, I know I also didn't have time for a long time. I still don't because I do too many things and mm -hmm. dependents and children and so forth. Right. Um, Audible is just as good. Mm -hmm. Plug it in. It is. Plug it in while you're working. Right. While you're cooking, while you're doing laundry, while you're you know, going on a jog, while you're in the car, on a yep. commute. Like there are so many ways to absorb information. And I wanted to say that because every time I ask about it, I have, by the way, received, you know, the Internet's a wonderful place because <laughs> you receive such great commentary and then you get some not so great commentary, mm -hmm. you know. And I uh, that is something that uh, a few people have posted on a couple of my um, reels and they're like, well, you know, who the F has time to read? Yeah. Question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark. And then not even like the regular question mark, you know, the big red. Yeah, uh, the big em red like, one, yeah, the emoji, emoji one. one. It took time. It took time for that one. Yeah, they took time. They wanted to let me know. Like yep. that F should have been spelled out. That's what they wanted to do. <laughs> yep. So I say like, um, take it in doses. Mm -hmm. Like the power of habit, right? You said you love yeah, that book, I like that right? Book. It teaches you that, okay, if I don't have time to read and I listen to an audible for 10 minutes a day, mm -hmm. that's it. 
imagine what that, take that 10 minutes times seven days a week times uh, 52 weeks a year, how much now have you read in comparison to, oh, I'm going to get to that book. Exactly. Right? That puts you ahead of 99% of the people just, just like, like that. that. Boom, just because like Because you that. took action to learn something. Right. It's like if you have an option of listening to Apple Music or Audible while you're in the car. Yeah. It's a choice. Audible. Yeah, exactly. You just you're have to make the choice. choice. Exactly. Yeah. So, so I do both. I read yeah. and I do Audible. Yeah, that's great. So now that we've kind of cleared that since I'm getting a lot of trolls on the internet. <laughs> um, yep. What books do you like or what books do you recommend? You know, what kind of resonates with you and motivates you? So my favorite book all time is How to Be Rich by J. Paul Getty. Okay. I haven't and read it, although I have it, interestingly. You have that book? I have it, yeah. Oh, wow. I have a lot of books. <laughs> yeah, that book but is... I, I do need to read it, yeah. I got it for my son, actually, okay. for his 17th birthday. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah, yeah he's going to love it, then, if yeah. he's already read it. But that book, book in particular, he talks about so much. He goes in depth. He even talks about how he ended up losing like his marriages because of his... Just work, work, oh, really? work. And he's like, that was one of his regrets. But oh. he also talks about his dad. He says his dad uh, owned an oil and gas company. Mm -hmm. He never saw his dad do anything lavish, super luxurious. Oh. He was like, he was one of those people. Right. He's like, I make money as an entrepreneur right. for the betterment of, my, of the community. Mm -hmm. I take care of the employees, those men that's out there in that rig that's working and they're just going home dirty. He's like, it's my duty to make sure they're taken care of. Right. And so he's like, if I'm paying for all these things here, then how am I taking care of them? Wow. Wow. That's, you know, like when you hear stories, that's what I'm saying. When you hear real stories, it hits different, right? Mm -hmm. It really does. It hits different. Um, that's, so, that's so great. That's so motivational. So what keeps you, um, you know, how do you keep like your energy, your focus, um, you're still very young, but you know, still, it's not the same like when you're like, you know, in your early yeah, 20s like to 20. like, you know, getting into your 30s and then 40s. But like you start to sort of dwindle down on the energy and focus. Like, what do you do to help yourself stay, you know, the course and be able to do the things you do? Because you do many things. Okay. I would say I, I work out one. Yeah. I play basketball. And like, I have this thing about myself when I play basketball. Okay. When many I step on the court, I'm just like, so who's going to take this L today? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, like literally, even like when I play at the Mockingbird location, uh, the first time I met Mark Cuban, I shot a three. It went in, like just made a three right in his face, looked down and saw it was him. And then we started talking. Oh, that's great. And then, That's great that the, your three went in also. <laughs> oh, yes, exactly. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so we started talking after that. And then like, and like after we played together for a while, he started coming in, he's telling people, he's like, hey, face check him, guard him all around that court. Do not <laughs> let him shoot the ball. Oh my God, I love it, I love it. What is, what, that's so cool. What else yeah. did he say? So yeah, so like that, and so literally when we would play, like every time I go up there and I play with them, I'm like, I walk on the court, who's taking the L? Oh my God. <laughs> I said, I'm not so taking cool. the L. And like, I hate losing. I realize he hates losing as much as I hate losing. One time we lost the game because we was on the same team. He's sitting on the sideline just cursing. Fuck. <laughs> shit. Motherfucker. <laughs> He's like, I was trash today. I sucked today. Oh I'm like, man, man, calm down. Calm. He's like, nah, nah, I suck today. Oh, <laughs> man. And then I'm like, you, you kind of did. You missed that shot. <laughs> <laughs> so we're keeping a 
real. Okay, let's like, just keep it real. Like, yeah. you, I mean, you did miss that shot, man. Oh, you should have gave the ball to me. That's <laughs> <laughs> it. You gotta learn, right? You gotta learn from yep. your mistakes. Exactly. Yep. Um, but but that's you know that's another important lesson. And I, I'm bringing these out as people hear your story because I want them to see, you know, beyond the story. The lesson is, it's also okay to be hard on ourselves. Mm-hmm. We should be hard on ourselves. Like, we should strive to reach our goals, right? Because um, I don't know where I read, but like, if you're only attaining your goals, you're not achieving enough. Yep. You got to set the bar higher. Because even if you get to like, a tenth of the bar that you've set really high, you probably accomplish more than a micro goal that you've set for yourself. You yeah, know? exactly. Yep. Like you gotta, you gotta push. Like I, you know, I don't know. I feel like we're losing that a little bit. I don't know why. I think, I, my my mentors, they're older. Yeah. Like sixty. One is sixty. Okay. The other one's fifty-six. But the one that's sixty, he has a, he has this uh thing. He feels like the testosterone levels. For, <laughs> that's his. That's uh, his uh, hypothesis. Men, his hypothesis. He's like for uh, the men of today. He's like the testosterone is not necessarily. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know if I agree with that. I don't. I won't. I, I won't agree. Maybe conceptually. Some, yeah. Yeah, conceptually. Yeah, yeah. Because I feel like I feel like. Well, here's the thing. I have mentors that are older, but I also have mentors that are younger than me because mm-hmm. I I feel like that's so important, and so. Maybe, you know, instead of separating sort of what it was like maybe a couple decades ago and the, the, the push and the drive that you had to do because yep. we didn't have information so easily, right? Mm-hmm. Versus now you have all the information, but however, right? Yeah. Uh, younger, the youth of today are, they have, their mind is incredible because all the information and knowledge and creativity, it's just... It's it's tenfold what I think I could have done at that same age. To be That's honest, true. really. Yep. And I feel like what we're I think what we're doing is maybe separating society a little too much into this versus them versus figuring out how do we meld this Together. sort of beautiful time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because you have individuals with great knowledge that have gone through, you know, hard times and the non-information age, really, if you think about it. Yep. Um, and then you have the youth who are also, you know, sort of have a lot of information, but they're also challenged with mm-hmm. over-information and I was going to say information right? overload. Overload, yeah. Because sometimes if you have too much information, yes. you don't know which direction it is, takes you everywhere. Right. And then you, you end up getting nothing done. Right, right. So you have to just... You have to learn how to laser focus in on what you actually want information on. Yes. It's like people, they'll present to me hotels. Right. I'm like, I don't do anything with hotels. Right. Multifamily. Yeah. Because you're like, focused right Exactly. Now. If you put your mind in so many places, there's so much you can get done, which is going to be nothing. Yeah, exactly. Nothing. So so we are going to create peace in the world. We're going to tell the the uh, uh, baby boomers and the millennials and the Z- what's after millennials? Zennials? I don't uh, know. Yeah, the youth Generation and the non <laughs> to get together. <laughs> Because I do feel that's important. I feel like the circle you sit with should be diverse. And when yes. I say diverse, I want to take out all the inherited uh, diversity. I'm not talking about gender. I'm not talking about like your ethnicity. I'm not talking about any of that. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about things that 
are driven by the mind. Yep, that's it. Different experience levels, different personalities, different um, uh, skill sets, right? Yeah. Like creative and non I don't want to say non-creative because I feel like everybody's creative, but you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Techno more technical and, you know, yeah. creative. Like you learn so much when you're sitting at the table with individuals that are not like you. Exactly. You learn more that way. Right. If you only hang around people who are like yourself. Right. Then you limit yourself. Exactly. Yes. That is what I am trying to tell everybody. Yep. <laughs> yes, you limit yourself. You do. Because you are not, there's no, you're not changing the way, you're not evolving your mind. And if 95% of your unconscious state drives your life, then you, make sure you, you need positive. an evolution of mind, right? Yeah, exactly. It's so important, man. I I feel like this has been such an amazing conversation. You have brought so many wonderful, you know, uh, lessons, and you've inspired. You're such an inspiration, Joseph. Really, honestly, like um, if you're Thank open you. to it, I'd love to send my son to you for mentorship. <laughs> <laughs> I think you should do an internship hey. with you. <laughs> I'll throw it out there, Aiden. You know, he's gonna be embarrassed. He's like, "There's my mom again." <laughs> hey, it'll be cool, right? Yep. Oh my, because you know, you it is hard. You are a gem, honestly, and I am so thankful and humble that you were open to coming onto my podcast. You have also taught me many things. Um, I am happy to open up our network um, and you know sit at the table with you and you know share uh, my experiences. You share your experiences because we are two different people yep. with two different experience sets with two different lifestyles. And mm -hmm. we are probably gonna evolve higher just because we choose to network, you know? Exactly. Right? Yep. I love it. Um, do you have any parting words for our guest today? And how I do they say, find you? Oh, okay. So I would say that you can find me through LinkedIn, which is gonna be Joseph Kimbrough, and you'll see the guy with the blue blazer on. <laughs> I like it. And then also my my website, which is investinapartmentsnow.com. Very so great URL. That's a, yeah, that's an easy way to find me right there. And I'm going to link everything in the show notes as well. Okay. And then also, uh, parting words, I would say just make sure you're getting in the right room. Make sure you're getting around the right people. And always go with an attitude of what can I learn when I go into this place. Exactly. Never show up with arrogance of, well, what can I teach all these people? Because... I love that. Yeah. I love that. So... Find your silence, and an open mind is the most educated mind. Exactly. Right? Yep. Boom. Boom. We cheers into that. Cheers. Yep. Cheers. Thank you for tuning in. On each episode, we will continue to bring on successful, dynamic individuals to dig deep and share stories that will inspire you to power up your life. This show is packed with unrivaled storytelling and no reservation advice. Tune in now by searching Power Up with Manal wherever podcasts are found. Please show us just a little bit of love by leaving a review and hitting that subscribe button. This helps our small production get reach and voices heard globally. Let's power up together, baby.